So we're like, yeah. my surf, some people think like, I just be fucking around on social media when they be like, wow, slaps. Oh, look at the drip. Okay, I see the kicks. I see the, oh, is that a pager? Okay, I'd be like, wow, look at the God. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's really me speaking life into myself. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like daily, speaking Yo. life into myself and encouraging people to do the same for themselves. At Man. first, it just started out as me saying it, and then I started to believe it. So you have to get good with self first. You have to look around you. Yeah, this is where yeah. I live. This is who I'm with. This is how I look. This is how I feel. Not to say that you can't improve all areas of your life. Hi guys, welcome back to Below the Surface. Conversations for men by men. My name is Kudokwashem Shaike. I am your host. In this channel, have conversations with men about their lives, the things that affect them, the challenges they're facing, but also their hopes and dreams for the future. And this week, I'll be talking to Dress Labs. Dress Labs is a producer, a DJ, and a rapper from Portland, Oregon. Slabs. Who that? Dress Slabs. I gotta have it. I gotta have it, yeah. I gotta have it, have it, have it, have it, have it. You cannot just call me. Best to shoot the email or the DM I'm in back. tested right yeah now you can actually hold it facts yeah, yeah. <laughs> now we in the money <laughs> so um so dress slaps yeah so what's what's dress slaps man oh man yeah that's, that's a lot of things like what do you mean yeah like what what's, what's the real one who's the real one who's yeah. the real dress slaps um yeah man dress slaps is a lot of things dress slaps yeah is a a son yeah. A brother, mm -hmm. um, a friend, a husband, um, yeah. you know, a God-fearing man. Yeah. Um, and you know, someone that just wants to see the the best, uh, the best, you know, come out for his community and for the youth. That's I feel true, like those yeah. two things, first and foremost, but also, you know, Dre is also an artist, a producer, mm -hmm. an engineer, a DJ, a digital marketing strategist, uh, creative operations producer, so like a project manager. Yeah. Um, getting somebody that just has been able to grow, um, I feel like in parallel corporately and musically. Uh, so you're saying that about like not being in the place that you wanna be, yeah. that and that causing some kind of like downness or not being happy about yeah, it. For sure. How does that look like? Oh, man, it, it yeah. weird. It's very, it's ugly. Yeah, like, yeah. And it got into like a, at one point I got into a really dark place and I was just like very frustrated and upset yeah. all the time. Like nothing, I just couldn't find happiness. Um, and yeah, it just showed, it just, yeah, it was, I was just upset a lot and I had yeah. to reevaluate on one, what does success look like to me? Yeah. Two, what things can I do to ensure that I'm going in the right direction with yeah. those things? Yeah. 
Um, and three, why am I doing this? I had to okay. reassert this is a passion, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm doing it not only for the betterment of myself and my family, mm-hmm. but also, like I said, for the youth and for my community. So yeah. uh, that's when that's around the time that I transitioned from just producing and DJing yeah. to being an artist myself as well okay. and pushing out music about self-love, about motivation, about talking about things that we go through in the corporate space and environment, talking about things that we go through as people of color yeah. um, in those spaces and outside of those spaces. And then, you know, just talking about shit a little bit as well, because you all got you always got to have some time where you yeah. also can just have fun and, you know, really just talk your talk. Um, and that's when I started to really come out of that. It took about a year of recording um, to really see what so I, I guess was doing. So you have to remind yourself again why you care about this thing or why yeah. you're pursuing it. Yeah. So as you say, you had to redefine what success means to you. Yeah. Um, so what does success mean to you now? And how how was that process to get to that point where you're like, okay, this is how success looks like for me. And that, yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. I don't want to say too much because yeah. there's like yeah. a plan and structure to yeah. it, but long story short, um, success looks like being able to, to live off of my music yeah. so that I can therefore grow it, scale it and impact more lives from it. Okay. Right. Yeah. And allow, and it allowed me to free up more time uh-huh. to do different things in the community and with youth. Uh, that directly impact them outside of the music as well. Because okay. as long as I'm in a corporate environment, I'm working, you know, eight to five, eight to six or longer, depending on the season yeah. in that space. So I only have from the time I get home, take my dog out, you know, chill with my wife a little bit. We do what we need to do, break down to how our days went. At that point, you know, it's eight, nine o'clock, eight, nine, ten o'clock. I only yeah. have that from that time to when I go to sleep to work on, to work on music. music. Yeah, success yeah. looks like that. And I had to redefine that because without having a benchmark, yeah, success just looks like being Drake or being Kendrick Lamar or being, you know, DJ Mustard. It's just like all of these really high um, scale achievements, right? Yeah. But if you have no way to measure your success leading up yeah. to that point, yeah. nothing is going to seem like enough. And that's where I was. Yeah. I just wanted to be the biggest A-list, you know, mainstream person. Yeah. But- and not quantifying what that looks like or yeah. how to grow within it, right? Okay. So if you're like, if you want to be Drake, yeah, or Kendrick Lamar, or Travis yeah. Scott, whatever, yeah, these like a, I call them like tier A artists, yeah. right? They're selling if they come to Portland, they're selling out the Moda Center or the Memorial Coliseum, which is like our sports arena. Yeah. So if I sell out, you know, or if I'm a part of a show at the Rosen or Crystal Ballroom, those are really big venues, yeah, right? Um, with twenty five hundred, fifteen hundred yeah. people. But if it ain't the motor center, it's yeah. not the same. It doesn't matter. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like, oh, that was cool, but I need to keep growing to get to that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I just so had how to. How do you find contentness in that? Because like, I think for yeah. me, it's really hard. Like I can relate to everything you're saying, mm-hmm. even in my career. Like right now, I'm a software engineer, right? Mm-hmm. And there's just the industry changes a lot every single day. Um, there's yeah. just a lot to learn. And right now, I'm gonna start a new job in a week. And Congratulations, just, by thanks. the way. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. And, and it's like thinking about it, it just sometimes frustrates me because I'm like, I want to be here so bad mm-hmm. and I'm trying everything. And sometimes it just doesn't feel like I'm doing enough because mm-hmm. once you have to apply those skills, you may read them, you may look them up online, but once you have to apply it, it's a completely different process. Yeah. And then people also have to come and say, this is good work. Yeah. 
So, and sometimes which is something that you don't always get. Mm-hmm. And, but like finding that contentness for me has always been hard or just being like, okay, I'm happy where I'm at. Of course I can be better, mm-hmm. but let me celebrate this. How is so, the, how is, how, how have you found that? So first, yeah, I had to, so like I said, I redefined what yeah. success was. So for me, success yeah. is being able to live off of my music, right? Yeah. I was like, okay, what does that look like? Yeah. So I tallied up and I, I always keep, I already keep an Excel spreadsheet of all of my household bills, right? Yeah. So I went to my spreadsheet and I looked at, okay, month over month, yeah. this is about how much I spend on bills, right? Yeah. I was like, on top of that, I would want to have at least uh 30 to 40% income above that yeah. so that I can live comfortably. I'm paying my bills, but I have money to do other stuff as well, okay. right? Mm-hmm. So I put that number together and I said, okay, boom, how can I make this much money a month yeah. for music? Yeah. So then I built my plan and I scaled it around that. Yeah. Um, and for me, the ultimate goal at this point is to get 10,000 fans. Yeah. From 10,000 fans, the power of 10, the power of 10, from 10,000 fans, I know I can have a thousand people a month pay for some kind of product, yeah. right? Um, and I have a whole contingency plan on how to retain, how to get those people, mm-hmm. how to retain those people and how to scale it. So that mm-hmm. became what success was, reaching 10,000 fans. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Let's do an initial push and see how that is. So I did my first push mm-hmm. and I got my first round of people in, right? Mm-hmm. I saw the number I was at, I was like, okay, cool. Step one, get a hundred fans in mm-hmm. the funnel. Step two, 200, 200, 300, 400. And that's how scale up to 100 until I get to 1,000. Once I get to that 1,000 mark, I know 100 people month over month will go through this plan. As I'm still working corporately, I can use the money that I'm reaching from my funnel and from Mm -hmm. what I'm doing Mm -hmm. to put back into the music Mm -hmm. and continue to grow exponentially until I can reach my 10,000. Wow, that's smart. So by redefining that, it actually gave me something to work towards and get towards, right? So, so you're just not frustrating yourself. So I'm frustrating yeah, yourself. Like exactly. I'm not there. I'm not there. Exactly. And I'm not there. quantifying yeah. what I'm doing. Yeah. Because it's just like I'm doing stuff, but how do I know yeah. if it's even good? Right. Yeah. So now that I had that, yeah. it allowed me to boom. All right. Now let me sit within myself. Yeah. Right. Yeah. What things and that preaches that goes into like the message of self-love and like really digging yourself and motivating yeah. yourself. Um, one give like a ton of credit to my wife for always pouring into me. Yeah. Always like, oh, you look so good. Or, oh, that's a super smart idea. And even being there, like letting me know and giving me uh, feedback when something isn't great. Yeah. But she's always from the beginning, always poured into me. Yeah. Even at times when I couldn't see it in myself. Yeah. And that's why. One of your biggest fans. Yeah. That's, and that's where. That's uh, you need that. Yeah, facts. <laughs> and that's also where like yeah. my social, people think like, I just be fucking around on social media when they be like, wow, slaps. Oh, look at the drip. Okay, I see the kicks. I see the, oh, is that a pager? Okay, I'd be like, wow, look at the God. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's really me speaking life into myself. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like daily, speaking Yo. life into myself and encouraging people to do the same for themselves. At Man. first, it just started out as me saying it, and then I started to believe it. So you have to get good with self first. You have to look around you. Yeah, this is where yeah. I live. This is who I'm with. This is how I look. This is how I feel. Not to say that you can't improve all areas of your life, yeah. but see where you're at and be happy with where how far you've come. Yeah. Look back, think where you was five years ago, 10, yeah. 15. Yeah. Look where you're at. Yeah. Be happy with who you are, where you're at. Boom, now let's get to work. Damn, man, that's real. Yeah. You, you know that. Because I always wondered why you do that. Because yeah. I was like, somebody, they're the funniest thing ever. Yeah. Like, hey, yeah. Like, you feel me? Yeah, just like, feel good, just right? feel good. Ooh, and yeah. it's like, I think somebody say, like, it's like, your spirit 
doesn't know when you when you when you say things like oh i'm terrible at this and whatever like your spirit is listening and sometimes yeah. it doesn't know when you're not telling the truth and when you are telling the truth and over yeah. time you, you you get that energy because that's what you saying about yourself yeah so, man i love that yeah, and i think i want to start doing that do too, it bro Yo, you look clean bro Facts. you look good <laughs> and after a while you be like do it like, like, you? Like, yeah. and then it's crazy because i like that i never it, thought about yeah. it that and way. it flips because when somebody like even so when somebody shoots you negative energy or says yeah. something like you tripping like me no way and because you have that you I've, I've seen you like even when we're downstairs when you're talking to people mm -hmm. and encouraging people and saying nice thing about them because yeah. that's how you feel about yourself exactly because it's hard to feed other people if you can't if you don't have enough in your own self yeah. to be able to do that and also um man it just comes from honestly yeah. i feel like being like a fat kid growing up like yeah. for real like being a fat kid with no father yeah. either so um I remember yeah. I like have vivid memories of like being in elementary school yeah. and trying to change the way I laugh because wow. somebody told me, I think somebody was like, you laugh like a girl or something like that. Yo. So I would go sit in front of the TV and I would watch Trying to learn how to laugh. TV. Yeah, I would watch TV like Cosby Show and yeah. Family Matters, like things with black men on it. And I would see how the characters laugh now and I would be there like, ha, no, ha, no. And I would just literally practice how to laugh. You're kidding me. From bro. a kid. Yeah, from a kid, like yeah. I have I've had the innate ability to almost like be a chameleon. Like yeah. and that's helped me corporately as well. Like I can yeah. go into different environments, read the room and adjust. Yeah. But after a while, like in college, I realized I one day I sat and I was like, Well, who am I? Because I was so used to for the past 10 years going into these rooms and adjusting that I lost a sense of who I was or what yeah. what did I really like? What did I really think? What yeah. did I really care about? Yeah. You know, because I was just so used to being able to move on the nail and just boom, boom, boom. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, this is what you need. This is what's being called for. I can provide it. And so, yeah. yeah, being that man, it just really taught me to evaluate self and figure out where I was and what I liked. Mm -hmm. And then I thought about how much we crave that kind of energy from others, you know, yeah. like, a lot of the times, like people don't say it, but you know, when you get dressed in the morning, when you when you make sure you smell good, when you make sure you look good, when you make sure you're putting your best for it at work, a lot of the times you're doing it for self, but you're you're unconsciously expecting some kind of praise or like reciprocation from others. From others, you know. So that's why, yeah, I yeah. go out of my way and like, oh, like oh, I like your shoes, or yeah, yeah. I see you like if I see somebody in the office. Um, and I have a relationship with them, so it's not weird or anything like yeah. that. But if I notice, you know, they did their hair that day, I'd be like, oh, okay, I see you. Yeah. I see you decided to come in and go and do, you feeling good this morning, huh? And yeah. like, oh, yeah, you know, like, thanks for noticing. Yeah, no problem. You know what I'm saying? It looks good. Yeah, yeah thank you. Those positive yeah, just make sure, well. yeah, people people feel seen. Yeah. I, I, I remember feeling unseen a lot growing mm -hmm. up, and I know how it feels to be seen. Yo, like, and, and for me, I think what, what I resonated so much with what you're saying is that um, you had to kind of like go on TV or whatever to learn how to love because, yeah. and, and one thing that you said is that you're looking at black men that were on TV and how yeah. they loved. So I wanted to ask this about you because it's something that I struggle with as well when I was coming up is that the fact that I think I grew up with a single parent as well. Like I was raised by a single mom. My father passed on when I was a year old. Mm -hmm. I don't know what your situation is. No, he's still uh, around somewhere. He's still around. <laughs> he's still around somewhere. He's still wow. around somewhere. So, so, so. 
Man, you're funny the way you say it. <laughs> you know, I wanted to say something yeah. deep, but I don't know. No, go ahead. I was like, no, go oh, ahead. No. Yeah. <laughs> but 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 um I remember just you know growing up and wanting to see not knowing what it means to be a man and and, and looking up to my friends to see how they acted. Yeah. To see what was normal about being a man. And sometimes I'd find myself being extra emotional because I was around surrounded by a lot of women in my life because yeah. I was the, I'm the only guy in my family mm-hmm. and sometimes I would find being more compassionate for women and their issues and stuff like that more than most of my friends were and I would start questioning myself and I would start changing like being more masculine and now it, it became an area of insecurity for me yeah. like okay am I masculine enough do I act more like a guy yeah. you know the fact that I care so much and have so much compassion for women mm-hmm. and their issues and the things they go through is that yeah. normal and trying to repress some of those thoughts I have or yeah. some of those that compassion I feel mm-hmm. and just being like okay even now bro it's crazy that even now sometimes I question myself like yo am I am I being masculine enough am I you know and I guess not having a father that's why I kind of like started having these conversations too because I was like because I realized it's not only for guys who didn't have fathers like us, but some guys to feel that they have to sort of like become a man or do yeah. specific things that show that they're a man. Mm-hmm. How was that process for you? Because it seems like you went through that as well. And how did you come on the other side? Or yeah, have you come was, from the other side? I feel like at this point, I've definitely, I feel like I'm on the other side, yeah. but... I feel like you'll always still feel certain things. Yeah. It's just about being cognizant of what you're feeling and being yeah. aware of it, you know? Okay. Yeah. Um, there's definitely still times where I can see, like, yeah, myself being pulled in certain directions emotionally yeah. or certain thought patterns. Yeah. And it's just that I've identified them now so I know when I'm being triggered and when it's happening. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I would say, I don't know, man. I think just from a kid, yeah. I've always had this, like, fascination with family yeah um and what i felt like family should be mm. um so yeah like some of my favorite shows growing up was like full house family What's matters all family Matters. cosby yeah. so full house is kind of like it's literally like the white family matters you yeah. know what i'm saying or cosby <laughs> show it's like yeah. Um, and yeah i know it was tv well now i know it's tv but back then just like the amount of love and even with through conflict and different things that happened, I kind of always was drawn to that, you Mm. know? Um, And yeah, man, I definitely could see myself like missing that element and a feeling like Mm. it was missing because there was no father figure in the picture, Mm. Um, putting and really putting like, honestly, unnecessary like feelings and like pressure mm-hmm. without because i never talked to my mother about it i don't think mm-hmm. but kind of put just having like not unnecessary like the word is like unrealistic mm-hmm. like putting real unrealistic like pressure on how i thought our life should be based on tv shows mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying because she was working two three jobs mm-hmm. to make sure we was good i grew up and lived at my grandmother's house a lot mm-hmm. and it wasn't until i got to college and started taking care of myself and mm-hmm. realizing how hard it is to just take care of one person mm-hmm. to think of all the shit she had to go through to take mm-hmm. care of four of us absolutely you know what i'm saying like there was yeah. no way i had no I'm idea realizing that as i grow as well you feel me it's yeah. crazy and so with the father thing it was like 
My dad was around. He went to jail. He was in jail when I was born. Mm. He got out of jail and he was just, he was like an authoritative figure. Mm. I would only go over his house when I was in big trouble. Mm. I was only over there when I was in trouble. But his lifestyle also was very far removed away from what I thought family and fatherhood and mm. all of these things. Because I've been watching these shows with these mm. great dads on mm. TV. Mm. And I'm like, why is my dad not like that? Why do I only, why does he only want me when I'm in trouble? You know, why is it just an authoritative thing? Where, mm. Why doesn't he show love in certain ways? You mm. know what I'm saying? Why does he do certain things? Mm. Um, and me and him still don't really talk like that. Mm. Uh, but I've come to learn like for with him and my mother, they were just showing love the way that they were. They were showed love a certain way. As you grow as adults, you try to just better what you were shown. Mm. But if you weren't shown anything but what you were shown, yeah. how can you be expected to give something else? Mm. Or if, some, if you were in neglect of, so if you were neglected mm. of something, mm. how can you be expected to fill someone else's cup with it if you don't even realize what you were- you don't you even were, realize that you don't have it. Exactly. So I had to take account on like how my parents grew up mm. and what their family construct was mm. like and how that affected them, yeah. therefore affecting us. So how are you filling your cup now? Uh, man, my wife, yeah. uh, God, yeah. like God fills my cup so I can fill others. Yeah. Um, yeah, man, but honestly. Where you get, but where are you getting the, because, because to be able to teach, you need to be able to learn, mm -hmm. like to learn how to love, to learn how to love as a man. Where are you finding that, like knowledge or wisdom <clears> or how that looks like? I would say that's the issue. Yeah. Love is love. There is yeah. no how to love as a man there, yeah. and how to love as a woman. Mm -hmm. I feel like there are certain things that are expected of us as a man and as a woman, but at the same time, especially in this day and age, we're all so independent in like the, the early 1900s way yeah. of what a woman does and what a man does no longer really exists, right? Okay. Yeah. So it's really about finding ways in my mind on how to care for and empower the people around you. Mm. And by showing genuine care mm. and trying to find ways to uplift them and make them better, not necessarily in what your sense of better is, yeah. but listening to them and seeing what they are trying to be better at, mm. what better is for them or to them, okay. and trying to love them and help them through that is yeah. in my regard and what my way kind of what that came to be. Yeah. I joined a fraternity, uh, Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated, which is um, the first, um, I would say the first yeah. collegiate okay. Greek led uh, uh, African American Greek letter organization. Yeah. Um, but and I found that in joining that, I realized I was looking for a brotherhood and looking for that male energy yeah. and looking for that male sense of love and yeah. still searching what that looked like. What does that mean, right? Yeah. But honestly, it wasn't until I met my wife and at the time just a girl, you know, who then we started dating and throughout us dating the way she poured into me and the way I put, watched her pour into other people who could be a stranger, yeah. could just be somebody in a class, could be a student that she was helping because she started working for the Diversity and Multicultural Student Services Office as kind of like a coordinator. Yeah. Um, but just how she poured into people's lives in general yeah. showed me what genuine love looked Looks like. like. Yeah. And it took me a long time to get to that place where I could do the same. Yeah. But just seeing that allowed me to see what it was. And like so, I said, it so wasn't you didn't like necessarily a, have to see it from a man. No. That's interesting. Yeah. Because I feel like for the most of us, we look at other men to learn how it looks like to be a man or how to love as a man. At least for yeah. me, I feel like 
that was kind of a like a, almost like a fascination of mine growing up like because i didn't have a father at home mm -hmm. so i would look around to see what the people that i had fathers were doing yeah. or how their fathers moved through space to learn about or the or like at least my relatives that yeah. i knew and how they moved through space i looked up to that mm -hmm. but it's insane that you say like love is just love and like being is just being yeah yeah i guess yeah so how, how did you manage to move away from because i feel like there's a lot of pain that comes with not having yeah and there's a lot of questions you have or at least yeah. i i had a lot of questions but for me it was easy because i was just like oh my father is dead like i can't really ask these questions yeah but for you you kind of had your father around but you didn't have that relationship with him what's the question so the question is how do you move away from that that lack or that pain of not having to just being like, okay, I'm gonna focus on feeding my cup so I can feed other people? Um, man, this is like, yeah. you go through phases. Yeah. So the first phase is just like, fuck you, I don't need you. Wow. Fuck yeah. you, I don't need you. You haven't been around, I don't need yeah. you around. Yeah. This is, this is resilience, this is growth, this is excellence. And I'm going to show you why I don't need you. So it almost, it almost is like a driving force. To I didn't think to do. I wanted to be everything he wasn't and nothing that he was. Shoot. And that drove me yeah. um, for a really long time. Um, but that was like, I, at first, no. So I would say at first there's wanting the acceptance and wanting the love and wanting to be around. Yeah. Um, and there's little things that I saw myself doing through middle school and high school, almost like cry, cry, crying out for help without crying because that's not masculine. Mm. And at that age, you want to be strong and masculine and yeah. all of these things that society is telling you that is you that. Yeah, so like I'm doing certain things like um, my father's a gang member or I don't yeah. know if he's currently your ex or whatever, once you're in your end as far yeah. as I know. Yeah. So, yeah. so I you know, chose to go to a certain high school initially because it was his gang colors. Uh, wore certain things to like graduation because I thought it would make him proud or that he would look at it and be like, oh, that's my son. Um, and just like doing little things like that. Also with him being in jail uh, or having in being in jail, there were certain jobs that he couldn't have. So if you can't have certain jobs, you kind of use women in different ways, mm. you know what I'm saying? To get what you need or to make stuff happen if you're a good looking dude, which he was mm. or which he is like, I remember going places with him as a kid and people thinking that was my older brother, not my dad, because mm. he looked so young and good. Mm. Um, so I wanted to be none of that. I wanted to have a successful relationship. I wanted to have a family structure. I wanted to just be with one person. You know, yeah. I wanted to be, I wanted to go to school. I wanted to have the corporate job or like the degrees. I also wanted yeah. to be wildly successful. I wanted to do all the things that I felt like he lacked in, in spite of him. To make him feel like he fucked up. Wow. And so, yeah, it grew from that wanting his acceptance to saying, fuck you. I'm rebelling against everything you are to be everything you can't be. Everything you could never be. Yeah. Then once I found God again, well, once I found God and really, because, you know, all black people say we're Christian. Yeah. But it wasn't until I got with my yeah. wife and she, yeah. you know, started wanting me to come to her church that I started to really accept God into my life. And I got baptized and one day on Father's Day, uh, we went to church 
And the message was about, you know, just the father, the father above, but also our earthly father and what that looks like in that relationship and okay. how important it is and things like that. And I kind of broke down and uh, I cried. I walked outside the church, literally, and I'm sitting on the church stairs and I wrote him a message on Facebook, like a four paragraph message. Like, yo, I know our relationship has been rocky. Um, I know things haven't been haven't really worked out. We don't really talk much, but, you know, I would love to sit down and start getting together more. Yeah. Um, I feel like this important in both our lives to have this relationship, et cetera, et cetera. And really just going into detail and like really just pouring out like everything. And everything. I think that's why I got to the point that I was now yeah. um, because I put out everything and like. I'm just like I said, I'm sitting in front of the church steps, like it's Father's Day, like it's just all of these things. And his response was, it's a two-way street. It's a two-way street. You got a car. You got my number. If you want to see yeah. me, you can yeah. come see me just as easy as I can come see you. Uh -huh. And at that moment, I shut off. I completely shut him off. I was like, bruh, what the fuck? Like, you're my dad. I'm coming to you as the kid pouring out everything that I have and saying, basically, I want you in my life. life yeah. And your response to me is then basically come get it. Like come to me. Wow. I was like, what? Oh yeah. Fuck you, bro. Fuck everything about you. Like, yeah. nigga, you're dead to me. Like it's whatever. And that's why in my song, uh, a year ago, yeah. I said, I swear I lost my father at birth. Yet that nigga still in town intent on chasing a purse, chasing after women. That nigga still in town. Uh, I swear I lost my father at birth. Yet the nigga still in town intent on chasing a purse. That nigga still in town intent on something. I can't remember, but then I yeah. said, but when it comes to we, me and him, it's like he's not on this earth, damn. Shit seemed perfect just yeah. a year ago before I realized how far my boat could really go. Like before I realized I don't need you. I don't need none of y'all. Yeah. Like, fuck it. And it was, I was going through some other stuff with people that I worked with musically, people just falling off, people kind of like, I felt abandoned. Yeah. And I was like, well, fuck it. I don't need none of y'all. I'm yeah. good. Yeah. I got me. Me and my wife, we got us. We good. I don't need y'all. And uh, from that moment on, that's when I was just like, I'm good on bro. Mm. I would see him. I wouldn't even speak to him. Mm. Like, what's good? It was, he was like, you see, you would think that I'm just like, this dude that he knows, or like one of his like homeboys' kids, mm. he'll see me, he won't even speak, or he'll look at me and be like, what's up? And I'll be like, what's up? No hugs, no embrace, no handshakes. It's like, what's good, nigga? What you need? Why are you talking um, to me? So you have seen him- Multiple yeah. times. Yeah. I've seen him, uh, I think, not the most recent time I think was uh, right before my wedding, maybe yeah. like a month or two before my wedding. So this was a couple of years ago. Yeah. And, uh, we were at this because I produce and DJ and stuff. Yeah. So, but I also release merch. Yeah. And through this uh, organization called YGB Young Gifted Black and Brown, um, they do this thing called the uh, the Night Market. Okay. Where they get all of these vendors from the community, and they come out and they give them a space where you can sell whatever you sell. Mm. Um, and then at the end, there's an after party. So I was DJing the after party, but because I was DJing the after party, they allowed me to come and bring some of my gear and some of my merch to sell like during the fair. And he was there with one of his little chicks or whatever. Um, and bro, it was so awkward because oh, some of my, man. so my dad, I'm, yeah. so I'm a, I'm one of three with my mom. Yeah. But altogether, I'm like one of like, 
like 17, I think. Are you kidding? He has hella kids, bro. Yo, get out. He 17. Has, he has hella kids, bro. I'm like one of, I'd lost count. So I just say 17 at this point. That's like my go-to number. So some of my younger siblings that I don't really know like that, uh, I'm at this market and I'm walking through, like I'm walking through to see who the other vendors yeah, were. Yeah. And I see him at one of the tables. Yeah. And I look at him, he look at me and he's like, uh, he don't say nothing. We don't say nothing to each other. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, yeah. nigga, like, what's good? So I walk back to my section, like 20 minutes later, four little kids run over to me. Hey. I'm like, hey, what's up, yo? Yeah. And I know them, but they're young. They're like all like sub 10. You know what I'm saying? So I'm yeah. like, there's no way y'all really, if you even, there's no, you might've seen a picture of me, but you don't really know me. Mm. You might know of me, but you don't really know me. Yeah. And they're like, hey, what's up? And I'm like, hey, and they're yeah. like, uh, our dad told us to come say hi to you. I'm like, oh, hey, how y'all doing? Y'all good? Yeah, we good. All right, cool. Y'all want some candy or something? Yeah, they grab some candy. I'm like, cool, how y'all doing? They're like, yeah, we're doing good. We're just, you know, chilling. I'm like, oh, that's yeah. what's up. Yeah. And then we awkwardly stand there looking at each other for a little bit. Yeah. They're like, all right, bye. I'm like, all right, bye. And they, walk, they run back. Yeah. I'm like, that was awkward as shit. So then... <laughs> I'm walking back around to see like what other like cause now I got a moment. I'm like, all right, do I want to buy some just to support some vendors? Yeah. So I'm walking by and I see him at the thing again. He's like, so I'm looking at the stand next to his. Mm. Cause they had something. I think they had like African print something or something like that. And I was like, oh, this shit is kind of hard. So I'm looking at it. And then I start to walk by him and he goes, uh, I saw, I saw the, I saw the video for your little wedding. For your little wedding? I see, I saw the video for your little wedding. And I was like, oh yeah, that's what's up. And he was like, yeah. And I was like, all right. And I walked away. I was like, is that, was that your way of asking if you were invited? Like saying, you saw my little wedding. Maybe you saw the video for, for my little, little wedding. wedding. The invitation, like you saw a full ass production to invite people to a wedding. What was little about that? You know what I'm saying? But. <laughs> Wow, man. Yeah, that's the kind of dude he is. You know what I'm saying? He don't really show emotion. He's really that, like, the man's man. You know, like, brute force kind of a dude. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, and yeah, man, I don't know. That was kind of weird. And that and the Father's Day situation, like, made me think about old accounts and, like, things that just he would do. Like, uh, when we were kids, mm. I was, like, teenager. Mm. And mm. so, you, I, I'm going over to my dad's house. Okay, mm. cool. So, I would go over there. Cause I think I got in trouble for something. So I'm over there. He gives me a talking to, and then it got to the point where he wasn't really like whooping us anymore. It was just kind of like, I'm sternly talking to you, but it's like, your mom is sending you over here because you're in trouble. But I don't want you to feel like every time you come over, it's because you're in trouble. So I'm just going to talk to you and then we're going to chill. It's like, okay, whatever. Mm -hmm. But then it was like, okay, uh, it was but dinner time. Yeah. So dinner's coming up and he's like, what do y'all want? I'm thinking about ordering Chinese food. Yeah. Me and like one of my older brothers is there. And I'm like, oh, cause he at the time is living with my dad. Okay. And I'm like, okay, cool. I'm like, yeah, Chinese food sound fire. So he shows us the menu. He's like, all right, tell me what you want. So I'm like, okay, yeah, let me get like, ooh, the chow, I've always liked chow, man. So I'm like, yeah, let me get the chow mein noodles with all of the meat, you know, it's like, chicken, beef, pork, or like chicken, seafood. I don't know, like the mixed meat one. Mm. The one with all the meat, because that's what he get. That's what he liked. So I'm like, oh yeah, I'm gonna get that too. That sounds good. 
I mean, he's like, all right, cool. So he, we order the food. He passes the phone. We order what we want. Mm -hmm. He orders what he want. Time rolls by. You know, the food gets delivered. And they're like, all right, you know, mine, let's say, is 1575 mm -hmm. And he's like, where's your money at? <laughs> and I was like, what? And he's like, you ordered this food, so you need to pay for it. And I was like, all right. Pulled out my little money, huh? He's like, all right, cool. I'll give you your change. Are you kidding me? And how old were you at this point? Like 15, 16, something Yo, like that. Yo, man. Yeah, because I started, I've been working since I was 14. So yeah, I think I'm like 15, 16 or something like that. And I was just like, this is what it is. If we never had like a father-son relationship yeah, in my regards, it's yeah. always been, I don't know. Yeah. So I've had better relationships with uncles. You know what I'm saying? This shit, like strangers, mentors. So yeah, bro, it's just kind of always been like, that shit is wild. And that's when I was just like, I'm done with this nigga. Like, yeah, after that thing on the steps at church, I was like, there's no way, bro. Was, like, I'm good. That was it for you. Yeah. And, um, Cause you were like really pouring everything out. Like, yeah, okay. I was empty. It was literally to the point where that was like rock bottom. And not a sense of like, it's rock bottom to pour out all your feelings and emotions, but I'm literally saying yeah. like, my cup was empty. I gave everything that like, I had. Bro, I need you. Yeah, I gave everything that I had. And yeah. I felt a ban I felt like a like a slap in the face from that response, and I was like, "I'm cool off this nigga, like 100 percent for life, for life. I'm good." Sheesh. Yeah, there's been people have asked me multiple times, like, "Would I ever give him a chance? Would I ever welcome him into my life? Would I ever give it a chance if he came to me?" And I'm like, "Nah, I don't so know." So you ain't going back. Nah. So I don't know. That's when you were like, "How do you get to the other side?" I don't know if I'm on the other side because. As far as God goes and spiritually, if I was on the other side, I'd be willing to forgive. And I'd be willing to welcome him back into my life. Yeah. And I feel like I'm able to forgive him from a sense of, I can understand that he might not have just been, he might not have had the tools necessary to give me the kind of love or support that I deemed necessary or that I needed. Yeah. So I forgive him for that, but I'll never be around you. I don't forget. So you're not ready, you're not there yet. I'll never. You would never. I would never. Never. And for the same thing, yeah. like, like people like you and like my wife and other people that I know who have lost parents. And I can understand. Um, I don't know if you feel this way, yeah. but I, I've had people talk to me and it's like, that person is here. You know, like, that's your DNA. Some of the reasons why you act the way you act, think the way you do, move, operate, yeah. like some of your physical features are from that person. Like you can still go and gain knowledge and understanding and a, like just a I sense of being. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, and so, and so it's hard to say the kind of things that I'm saying to those people and to you because I understand that, I don't know, you know, given an opportunity, maybe you would. Because, you know what I'm saying, you just, you don't have that option. Yeah. But it's crazy to say, and there's no disrespect. Like, I try to say it without coming off disrespectful to y'all, but, like, yeah. we're both in the same boat. He might as well be. Yo. We're both in the same boat. That person ain't there. But how, I don't know that person. How How is that, like, talking, like, knowing that the person is dead, but they're not dead? How's that, like, I don't know how to put it, but... um it's that like dissonance in yeah. him being there and him being not there. Yeah. How is that, man? Because for me, it's just like, okay, he's not that cool. It's, do you feel the same way about it now? It's just like, okay. Yeah, I yeah. do now. I feel like there was 
a lot of resentment, mm-hmm. a lot of frustration, yeah, um, and a lot of uh, like not not just a lot of lack of knowledge for yeah. you know a lack of a better term. Like mm-hmm. I just didn't know, you know. Like it was just like it wasn't necessarily lostness, like feeling lost, but yeah, just like feeling not in the know, like just not understanding. Mm. A lot of not understanding why. Mm. And then I just got to the point where I just stopped caring. Mm. I don't like, care. What do you mean by why I'm not understanding Like, why? why are you not around? Why are you not in my life? Yeah. Why do I not see? Why do I only see you when I'm in trouble? Why are you not helping me through certain things? Why are you not giving me answers? Because you're not here. Mm. Same the thing. The why is hot, bro. Yeah, same thing. It's, it's literally the, the same thing. It's like it's the why that kills you. Yeah, and the answer to your why is because because that person isn't present yeah. to be able to give those things. Yeah, which is the same answer to mine. Yeah, and then you see him. Yeah, and but I don't know. Like my heart used to beat real fast, and how am I going to react? How am I going to respond? And now it's just like it's literally like passing another person on the street that I. Oh, yeah, I was in a class with you in college, or damn, we went to middle school together. That's yeah, crazy. Man. Damn, you were my dad at once. Yeah. I, went, I used to go to your house sometimes. So, so you know, like, knowing this story about you, man, and how you've turned everything around, and you're so present with other people, mm-hmm. and it's there to show love, I commend you for that, man. Oh, thank and you, it, bro. It, it actually goes a whole long way. Like, I yeah. think that's why people always say, like, if we knew everybody's story, like, we would be compassionate with everybody. Yeah. And we would see where they're coming from, right? Mm-hmm. Like for me, just the fact that you were such a loving and compassionate person to other people is even more crazy because you didn't have that. Oh, bro. And don't don't get me wrong, like, yeah, I was an asshole. Yeah. Like I was when you're a when you a big kid growing up, yeah. What happens? People talk shit about you. So time. your first line of defense is jokes back. So when I would meet, like yeah. when I meet you, yeah. the first thing I'm doing subconsciously, now it's it's automatic. I don't even think about it anymore. Is I'm looking at everything about you yeah. that I could talk about. Wow. I'm taking. I'm a. I have a verb, a mental checklist of if you yeah. try me, all the shit that I can say to you. Yeah. And so I grew up with humor. Yeah. As a defense. Yeah. And my humor was an attack, though. Okay. It wasn't just like we're all laughing together. Like we're all laughing at you. Yeah. And that's how like I approach people and we li- that's how I approach situations a lot. Mm-hmm. Like in yeah, and because I was so prepared and expected mm-hmm. it, it wouldn't be a one-to-one exchange. Mm-hmm. You would shoot at me, mm-hmm. even if it's just like something light. Mm-hmm. Like you really just fucking around. And I would go, oh yeah? Boom, boom, boom. I would hit you with like three, four, and five. Never do it again. Boom, 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 boom. Just like Everybody in the room laughing. They're like, damn, look at this niggas, this and that. Oh, did y'all see? I didn't even notice that. Oh, damn. And make you feel so small and minute. Like, yeah. make you feel like the smallest being in the universe. Uh, yeah, man, it took a long time for me to get out of that. And once I got out of that, it, it took a long time to first realize it, realize I was doing it and realize it was wrong. Also, thanks to my wife, yeah. who like was pointing shit out to me. And having these kind of conversations with her. Yeah. So I, I think the other question I had is how. So you, you're talking about different stages, right? Mm-hmm. So what stage do you think you are now? Um. Uh, in what regard? In in regards to your development from 
everything that has happened in your life, in my life. I think it's centered around mm-hmm. um, your father, it's mm-hmm. centered around your art and how it grew from that. Yeah. I'm at a stage yeah. now of, I don't want to say contentment because yeah. I don't ever want to be content. I don't feel like anyone should yeah. ever be content. That's true. Once you're content, you're stagnant. Once you're yeah. stagnant, you lack progress and there's nowhere to go. That's true. So I would say I'm at a state of just happiness. Yeah. Um, there's still trials and tribulations. There's still things that occur each day that like piss me off or tip mm-hmm. me over. Like that's like, you know, three steps forward, four or five steps back on something. Mm-hmm. But yeah, man, I'm just like, in a state of happiness and in development mm-hmm. um, where, like I said, I have my plan musically now mm-hmm. and I know how I have my plan. All I need to do is, I'm, yeah, I'm in a state of execution. That's mm-hmm. a good way of putting it. Mm-hmm. I'm in a state of execution where I have my foundation. Yeah, My foundation is laid. The cement has dried. I'm standing mm-hmm. on top of it. I'm like, okay, this is solid. Mm-hmm. Now let's start building the house. Okay, You know, let's start building the stairs. Let's start building the frame, the structure. Yeah. Um, Again, that's in all areas of life. Corporately, I'm solid, I'm good, I'm growing. I'm building relationships and I'm trying to get better at all the things I do that encompass my job and my work. Mm -hmm. Musically, I have my plan down. Mm -hmm. Now it's about being consistent and executing on it. Uh, Personally, same thing. Uh, I know the things that I'm licking myself. I know where I'm at and I'm happy with where I'm at because I know where I was in the past. and now it's about doing the things that remaining consistent on going to the gym, mm-hmm. uh, you know, what I'm eating, what mm-hmm. I'm drinking, mm-hmm. uh, and the things that I'm pouring into my soul and my mentality. My spirit. Yeah, my spirit. Yeah. And the same thing, like my main pillar, my life partner, you know, mm-hmm. making sure that we continue to grow and evolve with each other. Yeah. And that, you know, I'm here for her as much as she's here for me. Yeah. And that I can make sure that I can continue to put myself in the best area and zones yeah. to be able to continue to not only support her yeah. but hear her mm, that's, you know because that's, that's the true. most important thing how do you build that not having had a lot of examples because yeah, that's me, that's real yeah for me i i like it's, it's something that's a struggle for me now being mm-hmm. in a relationship where i'm like um sometimes i'm like it's not like i'm a bad person or anything mm-hmm. It's just, I don't know, you know, and yeah. it's like, you know, sometimes I hear people like, you know, married men saying, um, uh, always choose your battles. And it's always yeah. funny for me when I hear that. Cause That's I'm like, real. okay, which battles do I choose? No, fact. I never saw examples of that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> honestly, bro, <laughs> it's just, a, it's, a, it's honestly about yeah. life experiences yeah. and the people that you have around you and that yeah. you let be around you. Yeah. So if you're around a bunch of dudes that like they're not they don't really they're not serious about relationships. It's kind of just like they're trying to hit it and quit it. They just, you know, women are what they are, but they're not just ready. And it's nothing against them. They're probably just not they're either A not ready for a long term yeah. relationship or they just don't see themselves being a woman based on whatever their background might be. Yeah. Um if you're around a lot of them types, you'll exhibit a lot of them behaviors. Mm-hmm. But one, if you listen to your girl, you know, see the kind of like when she's telling you the thing, her likes and dislikes, mm-hmm. the things she wants and things that she don't want. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think the first step is like listening to your partner, seeing what they like, what they don't mm-hmm. like, yeah. and just going out of your way to make them happy. 
That's you know true. what I'm saying? Yeah. If they don't like when you talk to them a certain way, yeah. don't talk to them that yeah. way. You know, if she like roses, get her roses. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Like one thing that I had to learn is that because I would fight stuff a lot or like I didn't start out good. Like yeah. I was bad in my in relationships. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like not to the point of cheating or doing anything like that, but like just being stubborn and stuck in my ways and yeah. not really growing together. It's yeah. like, this is me, this is you, and we're in this thing, but we need to like remain us. Yeah. And not understanding that you can grow based on what the other person is telling you or they see in you, and you're still growing together. You're still yeah. being yourself. You're just becoming a better version of yourself mm -hmm. and a compatible version of mm -hmm. yourself, right? So yeah, listening to them, when they tell you, when yeah, when you hear something like, uh, little science like, oh, oh, I would love to go to this place or, oh, you know, for Valentine's Day, I want this or whatever the case is, like, don't be resistant. And then my thing was she would say, like, she likes something or she wants something. Yeah. And then I wouldn't do it right then because I would be like, oh, but it's your idea. I want it to be my idea. I want the credit for it. Yeah. Right. Because always a credit thing. I don't you want you to do think I'm doing when this. I do that a lot. Like when it's not the right time for me, it's not the right yeah, time. Yeah, like I don't want you to think I'm doing this just because you want it. Like I want the credit for being able to do this. Or sometimes I wouldn't do it because it was your suggestion. Yeah, but it's like but it's not the right time. For me. But it's hers. You know, it's, it's for her. So like, if you have the means, or if yeah. you can make something happen, do it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Um, and if like you know she wants to go to this hella expensive ass restaurant, yeah. but that's not in your means. Just go on a date to a restaurant. Of yeah. What what kind of food does she like? Yeah. Go you like you know take her down to get that. Uh, you know, create date nights. Mm -hmm. The things that men historically don't do, do that shit, and it'll make all the difference in the world. That's true. You know what I'm saying? So when it came to not having examples around, my first thing was getting out of my own way and doing the things that she was telling me would make her happy. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So, so instead of having an example out there, yeah, just listening to the person that's right there, yeah, and then building an example, exactly. And so, as you're building this example, and as you're making your partner happy, you might, like I said, the mentor from the computer lab that taught me how to yeah. produce, he remained in my life. He's married. He's yeah. been, you know, he's been in uh, two marriages. Yeah. You know, has kids. All of that stuff. So, like, talking to him about certain stuff. Other mentors and other men that I saw in relationships yeah. or marriages and successful relationships or marriages. Yeah. Talking to them about certain things and seeing what their thoughts was. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, and my friend group but, and the people you know, around me, the same you know thing. What we were talking about earlier when I was saying part of it is, like, when you try to build a community of men around you, it's like men in groups, we're crazy in groups. Yeah. Like, it's like, you know, that ego thing that I was talking about mm -hmm. that. I noticed that when I'm around my friends and when a group is like, when I'm talking about real stuff, like guys, how do I manage a relationship without, for example, cheating? Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, you don't cheat, man. You should be cheating. <laughs> like, it's all good, bro. Like that, that just becomes <laughs> yeah. a conversation. Yeah. Right? All of a sudden, you don't know, like people never tell you real stuff about yeah. what it is that, how they live their lives. They may even tell you the wrong stuff to do at the end yeah. of the day. So how have you navigated communities that may end up giving you toxic ideas of what you should be doing or where you should be and then sip in and find the right stuff that will help you grow or I mean, at least build a community around yeah. it. So I feel like there's two things to yeah. it. The first thing is in your heart of hearts, you know yeah. what's wrong. Yeah. You feel me? Mm. You know when you hear something, you're like, ah, that don't, <laughs> nah, that don't quite, mm. you know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. 
you so I'll say yeah, the number one thing is like listening to yourself and being mm-hmm. like, Yeah, that don't, don't feel, feel right. right to me. And if I'm already asking, yo, I shouldn't be doing this, or mm-hmm. why is this happening, or how do y'all deal with these urges or these feelings? Mm-hmm. Um and they're saying just do it, it's like, all right, these aren't the right people to bring this to, right? Mm-hmm. But also, uh for me it started as yeah, one, taking account and knowing, all right, if it don't feel right. That's probably not the route. That's probably not the vo- the vibe. But yeah, um, bro, I'm I'm very big on like analyzing shit, analyzing situations, analyzing mm-hmm. people, and trying to come up with conclusions, right? And it's easier to do it when it's outside of your life versus when it's something you're directly dealing with. So just from listening to what you're saying and thinking about what I've done, a lot of those conversations happen one on one because there's the vulnerability is gone because mm-hmm. you're not. Uh, you're not worried about what the other six dudes in a room care about what you're saying to me. It's mm-hmm. just me and you talking just like this, mm-hmm. right? So having those comments, like you might see somebody with a ring on their finger, you know, and you're like, oh, okay, you see them, you dealt with them before. They've been, they're in your group of friends mm-hmm. or like, like the second layer. Mm-hmm. And like, we all might be here vibing, chilling. Mm-hmm. And then y'all just, he like in the kitchen grabbing a drink and you pull up, hey bro, yeah. like you married? Yeah, how long you been married? I've been married for this long. Oh, yo, that's dope, man. Like, mm-hmm. uh, yo, if it's possible, I would love to just go grab a coffee with you at some point and literally just, you know, have a conversation. I'm like starting to grow and develop in my relationship and trying to figure out what next steps look like or if this mm-hmm. is the right, you know, person uh, for next steps. Like, how do, I don't even know how to judge that kind of stuff. But, you know, I would love to know your thoughts if you would be down for it. Mm-hmm. If they are dope, if not, cool. You know, mm-hmm. you do the same thing with somebody else that you feel like would be that right example. Mm-hmm. And then after a while... You have, or maybe you go to like a Bible study and it just mm-hmm. happened to be a bunch of married people there or people in, it might be a dude there in a successful relationship. Like you start pulling people mm-hmm. from different environments. You like, okay, yeah. from these one-on-one conversations, I know yeah. these two, three dudes are solid. Yeah. Now, fuck it. Let's all four of us get together because we probably all got answers for each other. And so you don't just go to your immediate group of friends or boys from long-term because, or that you're with for this certain thing, like my work homies, you know what I'm saying? I might not go to them with certain things because I don't, we might not, we might be in different spaces, yeah. but you build relationships with certain people around that topic. Yeah. And then you just pull that community together. Okay. So that's yeah. how you start to build a community out of it. You have your one-on-one relationships and yeah. then you pull your community together and see oh, how okay. it works. Mm, so it's like, Oh, because I feel like sometimes there is there is that tendency of, of just being like, oh, these are already my friends. Let me just ask them. Yeah. Oh, these are my work dudes. Let me just ask, oh, I play yeah. football with these guys. Nah, yeah, ask, nah. Yeah, nah. nah. Because y'all are bonded. Y'all's, your bond isn't about interpersonal relationships. Your yeah. bond is about football or yeah. work yeah. or, you know, the specific interest. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or because we've grown up together. But just because we've grown up together doesn't mean our experiences overlap or mm-hmm. our viewpoints you know what I'm saying? We might That's true. Our, where we are in life, our mentalities can be completely different. I still love you. You're my dude, like mm-hmm. for life. Mm-hmm. But I know there's just certain things that you don't talk to certain people. <laughs> I can't you know what I'm saying? You, yeah. I can't, bro. I don't believe you. <laughs> if every month, yeah, you like, if every month, bro, you out of money, yeah, you might not be the best person to talk to about finances. You're my brother. I love you to death, but I'm not going to come talk to you about money. if I should get a 401k or not. You're gonna be like, what the fuck? You, you, oh, you got 401 k money? Hey, we're about to turn it up. It's like, no, bro. I'm not talking about 401 thousand dollars. You know what? Never mind, my nigga. It's cool. I fuck with you. You trying to go hoop? All right, cool. 
Yo, man. You know, what I'm you know that's that's a real <laughs> thing. And dude, thanks for that. That's a gem. Yeah. Because I had never seen it that way. Mm-hmm. For me, it was just always these are my friends. I should yeah. get advice from them. Mm-mm. But they may not be the best people to yeah. get advice from. Facts. And I think that's where we are, where we are, because we're surrounded by men that may have toxic ideas about some things that we want help mm-hmm. from. And they may not be the best people to ask. Hell no. Nah. They're telling you to like manage a relationship in this way when they have failed relationships themselves. Exactly. Yeah. You know, but I learned a lot. And I, I just want to recap some of the things okay. that I learned in this conversation, <laughs> okay, just cool. so you can see the impact you've had on me just having this conversation with you. But absolutely, I learned, I think throughout the whole story, mm-hmm. it, it, as an umbrella of the whole story of your life, mm-hmm. I think I've learned that the power of, I think it's so cheesy now, people say it a lot, but trusting the process. Yeah. And I, I could see how at different stages of your life, you may have thought, man, this is it. Like, but just mm-hmm. you keep on thriving. And even now, thriving yeah. through your music, your art, everything you're putting out, your yeah. work and everything, it just shows that the power is coming back to the trust. Like, okay, I'm gonna trust that things are gonna work out. Yeah. I'm gonna trust that this is gonna work. I'm gonna trust that even though I didn't have examples, I'm gonna make my relationship work. I'm yeah. gonna get better at this. I'm gonna get better at the music. I'm gonna put in the work. And even though it's not showing right now, at some point it will. And mm-hmm. it, it is showing that yeah. it's working. So I think that's something that I want to take away with me first. Cool. Yeah. And the, the other thing is just the relationship work that that because your relationship is good. It's like you was, like you were saying when I asked you, like, so where are you now? And you said, okay, I've laid all the foundations mm-hmm. in everything that I'm doing. And part of it is just like the biggest foundation, I think, where most of your inspiration and growth comes from, from what I see is like having that pillow of strength from your wife. Yeah, 100%. And I think that's big. And yeah. it shows like even the things that you've been dealing with for all the other foundations you're laying, you're yeah. like having that pillar is really mm-hmm. significant. So it encouraged me to keep working on my relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing is just understanding yourself, like that self-worth, that self-love, that self-compassion yeah. and growing that and then pouring it to other people mm-hmm. and constantly helping other people to, to look at themselves in a better way. And I think it shows in your work. Thank and I think that's yeah. the first thing I told you. <laughs> yeah. That your music was, was like really refreshing. Like yeah. I thought it was like ratchet in a good way. <laughs> exactly. Yo, yeah. I call it, it like, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. I like, call it a sophisticated ratchet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So I love it. Ratchet. I love it. I felt good, man. <laughs> I was just like, why am I bumping? But inspired at the exactly. same time. I still want people to be able to dance and get ratchet. <laughs> Dudes be like, hey, you know what I'm saying? But they be motivated at the same time. You feel yeah, me? That's yeah. how I feel. And I think it's the same thing in person as well. Like, I feel I feel those vibes, right? Like, cool. just the motivation, but also just like the realness of it and the rawness of yeah. it. I think it's great. So yeah, man, you definitely did impact me, and I'm glad I came came out to talk to you. And thanks for your time. Yeah, yeah. thank you for your time, man. I'm yeah. glad you came out. This was yeah. a great conversation. And, um, yeah, I want to let you know too, man. Yeah. Like, please keep doing this because yeah. even through the conversation, it allowed me to yeah. think about things that like I haven't thought about in a while, or like how to phrase certain things. And I feel like the people that you're having these conversations with are learning about themselves and their process and like understanding things in a different way as well. So I don't think that is just like pulling things for yourself and pulling from the audience, but the way that you're asking questions, the way that you're phrasing things and the preparation that you're doing beforehand is really helping the the interviewee as well. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So I think it's really dope what you're doing. And I think like even beyond the impact that it has on you and the impact that you're having on the audience, you're impacting the person that you're talking to as well. Like within the conversation. Oh man. So I think that's dope. 
Thank you, bro. Yeah. Thank you. It's just happy for me that it's a two-way street. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> yeah, totally. when I met you, I was like, dude, you're a cool dude. And I definitely <laughs> want, want you to like me. <laughs> I was like, bro. <laughs> so I'm glad. That <laughs> yeah, bro. This was yeah, bro. I appreciate you, man. Yeah, Thanks. for real. All right, yeah. bro. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you guys for joining us this week. And remember, vulnerability is strength and the best place for love, for ourselves, and for others. Till next week. It's goodbye for now.